Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. What does freedom mean to you in terms of your business? Is it being able to spend time away from the salon? with your family, being able to come and go as you please, but without feeling guilty, not to have any financial stress about whether the salon is going to make ends meet. For me, freedom is about choice. It's about the choice to be able to create a dream life, the one I actually want to live, to choose when you work, who you work with, and what is family time? What does that look like? When is that? It can also be about freedom of mind to be able to switch off from your business when you need to so you don't reach overwhelm. But the question remains, how do you create freedom when so much of the business relies upon you? So in this episode, I want you to discover what freedom truly looks like for you. And I'm going to share my secret to creating freedom as a salon CEO without feeling like everything will turn to shite when you're not there. So stay tuned if you want to uncover my done-for-you freedom-generating salon systems that you can use actually straight away and my step-by-step guide to implementing these systems with your team. By the way, this is actually just a bit of an exclusive snapshot into my October intensive. We run a two-day workshop every couple of months uh, for my owners in Salon Mastery. They're the members of the Salon Mastery Coaching Program Shh, don't tell. (laughs) So I'm excited for you to jump in and get your ears and eyes onto this episode. When I was 20, I opened my business six months out of my apprenticeship. Um, I don't know what I was thinking. I think really I wasn't thinking actually. Um, But in the first two years, in those first two years of business, um, I found myself a coach, a coaching group. um, And they really pointed me in the right direction. And this is when I really learned that getting some support was valuable. And they did three great things for me. They taught me three major lessons. The first one was that my coach threatened to break both my arms, like actually literally. And he threatened to do that so I could stop serving clients. Like that was as early as I learned that lesson that I needed to work on my business, not in my business. The second thing he did is he made me read the E-Myth. Have you guys read the E-Myth? If you haven't, It's a must read. Uh, And then the third thing he taught me was um, that I needed to build systems. Systems, he said, you must have systems. But at 22, I actually didn't know what systems were and he didn't teach me. He told me I should do them and he didn't teach me what they were. um, And I wanted to, I knew the words, but I didn't know what it meant. And I gave it a good bash and I spent a lifetime of trying to work out how to build systems. So my goal here today is not to leave you in that same position, but to actually break it down for you and make it super easy um, to work out what to do and take away the pain that I had in those times, knowing I had to do something and didn't know how to do it. 20 years later, I worked out a few things um, and not long before I sold, I had 30 in my team. Interestingly enough, we broke at 30. You've probably heard me say um, growth breaks things. And the, the 
this is just by the by, um, the difference between 27 team members and 30 was the straw that broke the camel's back um, and everything changed at 30. But in any case, the point here is actually that I sold my business at a premium because the business worked without me. We had um, nicely packaged systems and processes all documented how to run it, who, who did what, step by step. Um, and it meant not only that I had great profit, I had a lot of freedom and I sold the business at a premium. My business was valuable, not because of me, but separate to me. And so I, I don't love franchising necessarily, um, but I do love that they got something really, really right to this idea um, that being able to have a systematic approach to building your business, create the system, lay it down once and then run the train around the tracks, lay down the tracks and just let the, the train run around the tracks and uh, lay it down and let it run again and again. It takes a little bit of discipline to package it up and make it work um, and then put it into a business in a box. And this is where this idea of business in a box, we have that foundation laid for you. And over these next two days, I want to help you build it um, to not only make it easy to run, but to make it valuable. And when you have a valuable asset, you have choice. Now, you may never choose to sell, but when you have the choice to be able to do that and know that you'll get the best out of it, it's actually very freeing to know that you could and that there's an out. Because I know sometimes being a business feels like there's a ball and chain around our ankles and we can't get out if we needed to get out. Um, so we want to be building building out our systems and processes, not just to solve today's issue and to give us the freedom and team the clarity and have consistency on all of those things, but to future-proof. And so this term is turnkey because uh, business is hard enough, right? You said a lot of those words that you shared with me before, uh, as much as it's inspiring and motivating, it's also super hard work. And when you are the centre of the business, you other business. So the goal here is systems and processes shall set you free so the business can exist without you. So the, a business should exist because of you, not rely heavily upon you, because otherwise you are the business. And it's very hard to sell yourself. You can't sell yourself. And so you don't have the freedom or you don't have options and choices in front of you. So I want to start by really defining uh, what does freedom mean to you? Because I know what it means to me, um, and I'm happy to share that, but I want to know what does freedom mean to you? What is it that you're actually trying to achieve when we think about freedom or we think about uh, a successful business? So for me, um, no, actually, no, I'm not going to share mine. I want to hear from you first. What is When you think about freedom in in, in the relationship with your business. What does that mean to you and what does that look like? Um, would you type it in the chat? One, so you can type it and commit it to writing, kinesthetically touch, um, but two, I would love to know, what does freedom mean to you? Sophie, do you want to um, read out some of the answers? Oh, there's lots. Let me know, what does freedom Mean. There is lots. Uh, we have family time and no financial worries. Freedom means come and go as I please. Um, Tanya says debt paid off. Um, Rosalind says the salon can run well without me. Um, Stephanie says freedom is not having to bend to other people's calendars. Um, yes. 
love that time word. away from it, not being able to have to work from eight until five. I love this, Joe. A quiet brain. <laughs> yes. Um, consistent profit and going away for the weekend without having to worry. And Vicky says, be to be able to make choices. Um, Pauline, financial freedom, the ability to take time off at short notice without the business disrupted. Yeah. Salon nice. works like clockwork without me. No financial stress and not having to be at the salon um, whenever I want. I, I love that. Um, and for me, it's about choice. Um, freedom is choice because I love to work. I, I love working I love the purpose that it gives me I love the people that I work with um, and so it's not about being free to be away but it's freedom of choice that I get that I get to choose who I work with I get to choose who my customers are I get to choose who my team members are I get to choose when I have a holiday and when I spend time with my children for so for me freedom is choice um, but I also agree with freedom of mind peace of mind um, like Joe said quiet the quiet the mind and I think that's a really important one um, because um, I know comparatively when I was in my business I had a lot of freedom but I didn't have the level of quiet of the mind that I do you know 10 years later um, and and the difference that makes to um, how you run your business is massive so I want you to hold on to that what freedom means for you and how important that is to you um, so I want to just touch on like how do we know if something is system worthy, is it worth spending time um, in terms of, of freedom? How do we tell? So um, if you have to troubleshoot, if you have to handle something, troubleshoot, or I like to call it put a fire out um, more than once, then it probably needs to be systemized when it relies upon you. Um, my goal in business always, except for a key couple of things, um, is that if I have to handle it, if it relies on me to make a decision to hold it or for a task to come past me, then it, then it needs to be systemized. I need to not be, the business needs to not rely on me, except for a couple of things. Um, and those are my choices. Podcast is one of them. Um, coaching is another one. And doing the calls when you guys come and, and I like to see who's coming into this program. And so those are ones I'm choosing not, but everything else should not rely upon me. Um, when my team don't know what they should be doing, that means that there's a system gap. If they don't know what they should be doing, when they should be doing and how they should be doing it, then I haven't created the system or the process for them. Um, when there's time wasting, then that's um, an opportunity that there is not a tight enough system or there's uh, excess waste of um, resources. Um, when there's tension, whether it's between humans or tasks or the little, I like to call them explosions, when things explode, especially if they explode more than once, that means the system is not right and the process hasn't been defined. Um, and when the performance isn't how it should be done. Do you know those tension points when you feel like, God, if she would only do it like that, then you haven't defined or haven't created a good system or process around how it should be done or you haven't communicated it. So um, these are some good indicators for you to earmark. Ah, when I'm experiencing these things, there's an opportunity for me to create a system or a process. So we're going to touch on four key things that are going to give us turnkey systems. Are you ready? The first one is the inconsistent experience. Um, one of the challenges of building a brand um, 
is to give a great client experience, let alone um, a consistent experience, uh, let alone the team experience. Like we've got to remember our team need to have an experience as well. But in terms of uh, a, a experience being inconsistent, if it's different for your client each time a client visits, depending on who they are served by and how they experience your brand, then there's, an, there's a, a broken system or there's a lack of a system. And consistency is what builds a brand. It's, if the brand isn't consistent, then the client's going to be, client experience is going to be determined by any one individual employee. And I think that is detrimental to your business as a brand because you're only ever as good as your worst performing team member. So the goal, of course, is to be consistent 99% of the time. And I only say 99% of the time because we're humans. Humans aren't robots. And um, but we do need our experience to be consistent. So every time that the client comes, they experience the same experience, a brand experience. And a brand experience is created by repeated experience. So every time that the client comes and it's the same experience, that is laying down, bedding down that this is the brand experience for this brand. So if consistency builds a brand, then we need to be consistent every single time for every single visit with every single team member, 99% of the time, or do you know what? Things need to go right 85, 90% of the time, not 40% of the time. So if consistency builds a brand, then systems create the consistency. And so simplicity of systems and processes is what allows humans to be consistent because humans aren't consistent. There's a very few, very few of us, and I'm not one of them, that is consistent as a human because people make mistakes. So here are some examples, especially as a business owner. Sometimes, so I recognize that sometimes I'll make a decision, a team member or, or a client or somebody comes and asks me a question the answer they give often will be based on how I feel or how emotive I am about the topic, like how I feel about that person, the relationship. So if I think back to salon days, before I had a system for client complaints, if a team member said Mary, Mary's hair isn't right, my response would be based on how I felt about Mary or how I felt about the team member. Like if I had this general feeling that that team member screwed up all the time, I would go into that feeling already feeling something. And how I felt in that moment was how the, how the situation was dealt with. And so this means I was inconsistent for my business and I was inconsistent for my team. And it's really not okay because inconsistency actually leads to mistrust, mistrust of customers of our brand and the team of our decision-making. So if I've got too many decisions to make in any given day, or I have to make the same decision multiple times and re-decide the answer every time that something pops up over and over again, then actually I'm not doing anybody a favor, including myself, because I get decision fatigue. You get exhausted. So at the beginning of the day when we're up and we're fresh, um, it's easy to make decisions. This is a good time in the morning to be making big, this is why it's quite good to do big rock decision making or, you know, business planning in the morning because you're fresh. By the afternoon, I don't know about you, but by five o'clock I'm exhausted. I might not be aware that I'm exhausted, but I've given so many answers. And sometimes I just have to say to my team, do you know what? You decide. I, I Actually, you decide. I can't make any more decisions. Have you experienced that? Like you get home and you're like, what do you want? What are we having for dinner? I don't know. And I don't care. <laughs> you decide. Um, boiled eggs. 
So um, we want to create consistent systems so we don't have to be inconsistent as a leader and then inconsistent as a brand. So, um, and also we want to protect ourselves from getting decision fatigue. Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're going to get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team. You love your team. But you're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have, increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease, in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more, because everybody wins, the team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you wanna find out more, just DM me uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get back to the episode. If we can be consistent, then um, we're going to build a better brand. So inconsistent client experiences, but we need to be consistent every single time. We need consistency around our, our results so they're consistently good results and lower the chance of low results. Um, team feels supported when you are consistent and they know what to expect from you and, and they can follow a pattern of your decision-making. Um, inconsistency breeds uh, expensive mistakes. Consistency minimizes redos and mistakes and all of those things. Operational mistakes and waste is minimized and bottlenecks and roadblocks bottlenecks and roadblocks, we actually often hold on to this. We become the biggest bottleneck in our business because of our lack of ability to be making 27 decisions in any given day and often different decisions. Does anybody relate to that? Like, can you feel that sometimes you make a different decision? Same question, different decision, different answer because based on, on where you're at for the day. Am I, am, I, am I the only one? Yeah, okay. Um, and, and maybe a little bit of awareness will, will help you tune into that. You'll certainly catch yourself doing it. Um, we hold all of the information inside of our brain. So um, I call them fireballs when our team just throw their problems at you. It's probably pretty common for people to want to abdicate the problems and we're the person of authority and so people throw the problems at, at, at us um, and we spend a lot of time catching fireballs so our people can't make decisions um, because they actually don't know the answer because they don't you're of often your inconsistency around what it is that we're doing um, and so chaos ensues so we want to be able to make a decision once um, lay it down write it down teach our team this is the way that it is and then we can also be accountable to our own decisions. We love this photo. Um, a full brain, actually, somebody said that when I asked, what is business like? Uh, and we talk about, you know, consistency. Oh, no, sorry, um, our brains being full and not being able to switch off because it means that we're up late at night or we wake up in the night remembering all the things that we need to do and all the things that they're doing, that they're doing wrong. Um, and we become the only source of truth 
on how things are done or how we expect things to be done. And so we're bombarded with the questions, which means that we have to make that decision all the time. Um, and I think one of the mistakes is that we make an assumption when somebody has been in the industry for a long time and they come into our business that they know all of the things, but they haven't worked at our business and they don't know your source of truth. Um, and so this also means that they need to um, bug you and ask you. So decision fatigue, overwhelm, and, and it's actually it's lack of systems and it's us that creates this feeling of felt, feeling held hostage within our business. Does that resonate? Does that make sense? Um, so it is our fault, and, um, and I say this with the kindest heart because I am and have been this person. And so we need to be able to get it out of our mind, what it is that we really, really want and articulate that because they can't read our minds. And if we've not written it down and shared it with them, um, they haven't worked in your business before and you become the centre of everything. So it's up to you in actual fact to write it down. So once it's... Have you ever noticed that, like, does anybody keep a piece of paper next to the bed? When you write something, you think of it in the middle of the night and you write it down and then you can actually get back to sleep because it's safely somewhere out of your brain. It doesn't go round and round in circles. We want to be able to sleep again um, and create the systems as soon as we need them. Decide once. This is what gives us the freedom of mind and, and the calming of the mind. Let's talk about this one source of truth because... Um, this kind of becomes the pinnacle. Um, we had the saying in the salon, my, my manager and I, he said, she said, and that's the conversation that happens in the absence of the truth, of the right, of the one way. People will, in absence of how to do things, people will make up their own mind. Not because they're a bad person, usually. I, I believe 90 Eight and a half percent of people want to be and are ultimately good people. But in the absence of truth, people will make up their own mind and they'll bring in previous experiences all under the iceberg stuff. And you've probably heard the saying, a backseat leader, like a backseat driver. I had a girl who was, um, she was Hawk Peacock. Nothing, Hawk Peacock is not a bad thing, but she was a Hawk Peacock. And she was my backseat driver. She was the, she was the backroom leader does anybody have a backroom leader like they're not a, yeah yeah priscilla exactly they're not officially a leader but they're the ones that when everybody listens to them because they say or oh, shouldn't be like that or why are things like this and they lead people and so in the absence of truth or in the absence of you inserting the way that it should be people will make up their own mind and their own rules and so we need to make this one source of truth i saw this um the other day and i thought it was priceless it's like your cousin's sister's auntie who saw something on the local community board and this is how this is how the noise and things get spread. But actually we need to come back to the one source of, source of truth and um, go back to the way that it should be and bring people always back. Um, this was another one that I saw. I thought it was pretty priceless. Um, unless it's clearly laid out, people will see from their own perspective, same piece of information, the same number is on the ground, but depending on the best perspective they will see they will see it their way and it's not their fault but what we need to do as leaders is create the one source of truth so they know what the reality is inside this business does that make sense so we want everything in one place all new employees onboarded for faster more streamlined um, clarity without confusion and showing people the right way 
Now, in terms of showing people the right way, I want to talk about empowering responsibility. And then we're going to get into some tactics and some doing. Um, one of the challenges that I hear often from you guys, and I experienced, I remember experiencing this myself, is this feeling of I can't walk away because things will turn to shit. You don't trust your team members to make the decisions, right? Um, or that they're going to handle being left alone for a day, a week, a couple of weeks, whatever it is, uh, depending on what stage and phase that you're at. Um, because they're asking you all the time or you're firefighting all the time or you're going in and solving all of the problems. And who will fight the fires if we're not there? Um, and then we don't trust them because they're going to make the wrong decisions and probably because we're constantly correcting them. But it's kind of our responsibility or it's our fault actually at the end of the day if we can't walk out because we don't clearly have things written out on how to do how to do things and that lack of clarity actually disempowers people to have the confidence to step up you control the knowledge so when we empower responsibility um, people have confidence to do the things that they need to do um, your team feel aligned, they'll make good decisions without you, um, empowered and responsible people. So it's a little bit like, you guys probably know, my um, I live in a boy family and um, there's a lot of soccer that goes on in our, in our family. I spend a lot of time on the, on the soccer pitch. Um, and so it would be a little bit like arriving at a soccer field and asking your team to play, but there are no lines to show what's out of bounds, there are no goals, and you just give them a ball and say, go and play. You've trained how to do soccer. You've played soccer before. Go and play. Um, I want you to reach this target. I want you to win. And without that, we don't give them the, um, the boundaries within to play the game. And so systems and processes gives us the boundaries, where the goals are, where the lines are, what part of the pitch you can and you can't go, and what positions that you play. Um, the rules, the systems, the goals, and the lines of the game. And instead of, oh, let me ask you this question, actually. When you think about that, creating systems and processes, rules and regulations, and the one source of truth, does anybody go, oh, but that feels really constricting or confining for the team members? Does anybody have that, that kind of objection going on in their mind? Like, oh, we're just going to turn into a bunch of robots. Yeah, Cass, anybody else? Melissa, no. <laughs> um, I want to touch on that because if you let's go back to the soccer pitch for a moment, Cass and anybody else who has that thought, because I, and the reason I bring that up is because I have had this thought myself. When we create the lines on the pitch and, and like where is the centre and what team members can and can't go to different parts of the field, what we're doing is we're setting those boundaries, but what we're not doing them is telling them every single kick of the ball and every part of the dribble. There is lots of freedom for the player to play their best within the rules and boundaries. That's what empowered responsibility is. I feel confident to know where I can run, where I can dribble and kick the ball and what my purpose is. I know my purpose is to either be, you know, at the back or at the front or I know what that is, and that is empowering. Let me give you another example um, just to kind of bring it home a little bit. Um, a, a, an elderly couple that are very close to me that I know really, really well, 
um, have an interesting, I won't say who it is, <laughs> have a really interesting dynamic in their relationship. And I observed it. And I think this is sometimes the dynamic that we can have with our team members if we're not careful. So every time that the husband says just about anything, the wife corrects him and lets him know that he's done it wrong. Do you know anybody and has a relationship like that? Every time they say, um, are we going to, I'm just trying to think of an example. Um, I'm going to set the table. And so he sets the table and she comes and, and the, you know, the forks are in the wrong place and the bowls are at the wrong end of the table and he, she's done it wrong. He's done it wrong and she corrects him. Now, we could say I'm being fussy and I want my service to be provided in a certain way. That's one thing. But unless you lay out the system, and hopefully wives don't do this to their husbands, and say the bowls always go at this end of the table, the knives and forks go at this end of the table. So when we'll stay with the husband, the husband goes to the table, he knows how the table should be set, right? Um, but if you don't do that and you say go and set the table and you set and he sets the table wrong and you come and correct them, then it disempowers the person and then the person feels less confident to know how to set the table. And before long, the person will stop asking, would you like me to set the table? And they will go and find something else. And then what happens to the relationship is she starts to feel angry. He never comes and helps me set the table. Does this make sense? Have you ever experienced that with team members and you're constantly correcting them all the time, but after a while they're, they're disengaged. So we want to change and set the standards up front so we can have empowered and responsible people, but enough leeway for them to be able to play the soccer game. All right, this is how we get to be away, but in control. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me on an episode, particularly an intensive episode at the Salon Owners Collective Podcast, creating a life of freedom and profit is a goal I know for many of you salon owners. Throughout the years of experience and coaching with salon owners, I've created not only from my own experience in my own salon, but for years now working with salons, coaching through the Salon Mastery Program, a done-for-you system that's ready for you to install into the salon and implement inside of your business so that your salon can exist, it can thrive, even without you being there 24-7. So if you're interested in learning more about my done-for-you salon mastery systems for smart salon CEOs, then all you need to do is click the Apply Now button. Apply to Salon Mastery. The button's in the show notes of this episode. Let's see if Salon Mastery is the right fit for you. Otherwise, I'll catch you same time, same place on another episode of the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.